Welcome back to Talk of the Town on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC on WHTC.com and on the WHTC app for your smartphone. Once again, here's your host, Gary Stevens. Welcome back to Talk of the Town for this Monday, February 26th. It's the fourth Monday of the month, which means we get an update of what's going on in Lansing with third-term Republican State House Representative Brad Slaw, representing the 85th State House District from Zeeland Township. He's on the other side of my table this morning. Good morning, Brad. Welcome back. Hey, good morning, Gary. Thank you for having me in. If you got a question for Representative Slaw, he'll be happy to answer it at 616-395-1450. 616-395-1450. Before we talk a little bit about what's going on in Lansing, I do need to bring this up as a timely sort of situation. Uh, Tuesday, of course, is the presidential preference yeah. primary, and uh, it'll be interesting and, and clarify this. I'm interpreting the Republican presidential preference primary as i hate to say it a glorified straw vote because due to rnc law or rules michigan cannot hold a primary for delegates right now ahead of super ahead of super tuesday that is my understanding as well so i whether they will count it or not is is uh, yet to be seen therefore what happens on saturday with the state Republican convention uh, uh, caucuses, and I use that in plural terms, uh, uh, does actually does the determining of who's going to be representing Michigan and for what candidate for president in the national convention in Milwaukee. The Republican, the state Republican Party under Pete Hoekstra is meeting in Grand Rapids. Mm -hmm. The former chairwoman, or shall we say the one who's contesting that, uh, uh, Karamo is having a meeting in Detroit. Correct. As an elected state leader, you're sort of caught in the middle in this, aren't you? Yes, sir. <laughs> so but I would, I just want you to know you articulated that extreme, that whole process and set that all up. You did that extremely well. Thank you. Cause it's, that is not an easy thing to, to actually articulate, put down in a, in a concise manner. All right. Well, I'm trying to, Trying to do it in a shorthand way so that it doesn't, uh, you know, it can confuse people real quick. Mm -hmm. Now, the group, a group of Republicans who are were against Karamo to begin with, basically is saying that, uh, uh, and I'm going to quote from their press release, uh, uh, their email. They said, "It's time, time we address the misinformation campaign led by former Chair Karamo about the upcoming convention on March 2nd. Let's set the record straight. The official convention recognized by the RNC will take place in Grand Rapids. And they explain some of the reasoning uh, about those who might be questioning the RNC in this matter. Uh, and then basically they're saying, follow Pete instead of follow Karamo. Mm -hmm. As, again, as an elected leader being somewhat caught in the middle of all this, do you sort of say, hey, the official party is Pete Hoekstra, or do you say, let's wait till all the legal dust settles? I think there's justification for saying we need to wait until all of the legal dust settles. Um, that 
that being said, um, you know, I, we, we need to continue to move forward with all of the stuff that's going on. So there will be two conventions and we'll continue to figure out what's going on at the very end of that. How much will it affect what happens if not in August, what happens in, in the, in November in the general election in Michigan, not so much for the presidential side, but for other offices, most, you know, including, you know, your challenge, you know, your situation in your 85th district. Yeah, I think there's, um, we're, we're going to continue to see folks lining up to run against people based on whether they supported one side or the other. Um, we're going to continue to see the need for us to, um, make determinations and, and figure out who you're going to, who you're going to back in that process. Therefore, along those lines, then a house divided can, cannot stand really the big winner in all this until the Republicans finally get under one banner has to be the democratic party. I think you're exactly right. If you got a question about what's going on in Lansing or on the political scene, Brad Slaw will be happy to answer it. The 85th State House District Republican, 616-395-1450, 616-395-1450. We've gotten thoughts from some of the elected leaders. We've had, uh, uh, since the governor issued her State of the State address and followed up with the budget presentation, we've heard from Nancy DeBoer from the House side and Roger Victory from the Senate side. As one who is a form was a former uh, uh, county uh, treasurer, so you are mm-hmm. well aware of the budget process and the like. Uh, your thoughts about the presentation that was presented by Governor Whitmer? Again, that's her spending plan. It's not going to be what probably will enter onto her desk uh, uh, on on June thirtieth. Yeah, so you're absolutely right about that. It is a spending plan. Um, sadly, what I saw as I went through that, I'm, I'm on the appropriations committee, so I had a chance to be in the room when she gave her budget presentation. Um, what I saw was a spending plan, not necessarily a revenue plan. And the difference is spending is what, how many dollars are you intending to go out and, and functionally buy services or goods or whatever. Um, the revenue plan would be, how are you going to bring in money so that you can do that? And um, what I saw is stuff that was long on spending, short on revenue. In fact, I don't know that there's enough revenue. Uh, you know, our budget last year was predicated and, and set up with a $9 billion extra funds that we had received from the federal government. Um, and they used all of that in, the prior, in that prior budget. That means there's now $9 billion more of programming or other kinds of things that had been put in place that now we need to say, do we have the money? Where's that additional $9 billion to match last year's funding levels? Is it, is it available to today to, to do stuff? I don't necessarily think so. Um, so I'm a little concerned about what the budget might look like at this point in time. Can I safely say that if the budget surplus was allocated for one-time projects, for shovel-ready projects Mm -hmm. and shovel-ready initiatives, and again, one-time spending, then really that $9 million might have been spent well because it's only one time. Mm -hmm. It's not 
is if we're establishing something, then we have to find ways to perpetuate it. Correct. Okay. I just wanted to, you know, yep. bring that out because that was one thing that was talked about a year ago mm-hmm. when we were in the same, you know, about the same time frame. Right. So my, my deal is what I did see in revenue, new revenue generation, because obviously if you've got a budget predicated on having spent $9 billion more than what we brought in last year, uh, we now need to figure out how we're going to bring in dollars, maybe not all of that, but, but a good share of it. Um, and so some of those things uh, that are really scary to me is there's an incredible increase be on tipping fees that are being proposed. So Okay, every, explain what tipping yep, fees so are. Every, every time you put your anything in the garbage can, and it goes out to the road. Um, the our garbage friendly garbage folks come by. They pick that all up and they bring that to a landfill someplace. Um, and when they bring it to the landfill, they get charged on the weight by ton. Um, and right now, it's thirty six cents per ton of trash that they bring in. So for every every ton of trash, they pay thirty six cents um, over top of whatever fees the landfill has. But that's what goes back to the federal or to the state government is thirty six cents per uh, ton. That price is going to jump to $5 per ton. So if you just think about that from 36 cents to $5, I don't know, is that a thousand percent increase? Uh, 1200%? I'm not really exactly sure what that number is, but it's immense. So everybody's trash costs are going to go up considerably in this next year based on this new budget. That's just one. Um, Now, then the question comes, where does that money go? Now, if it goes for, say, environmental programs, could be understandable. You know, if you if you if you if that extra money is going to be spent on cleaning water or mm-hmm. uh, uh, doing other things environmentally, fine. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> if that... you don't know, then let's just say not likely. Yeah. So, so maybe <laughs> maybe some of it is, maybe not all of it, but. I'm sure there's a percentage in the way that it's figured out that some of it goes to clean up landfill sites, other kinds of things, but I don't know how much of it, but it's a significant increase that people are going to be bearing in their garbage uh, collection process or getting rid of it. Um, The other part that's really scary to me is that there is a proposal um, to also include the property transfer tax um, and in, and, uh, raise that significantly as well. Um, and I know that there's a bunch of realtors who are concerned about that because it means that transfer of property, purchasing a property is going to go up. The costs of that are going to go up significantly as well. Um, I don't know what the numbers are at this point in time, but I do know that that's proposed and in the legislature, in the governor's budget, um, details. All right, 616 Four five zero. Let me. Uh, uh, what I was looking at while you were answering that question, Brad, was uh, the governor's press release on the fiscal twenty-five budget, a roadmap for making it in Michigan. Uh, that can be disputed or can be agreed to. Whatever. Uh, let's see. Balancing Michigan's budget, cutting red tape. Doesn't every administration, well, for one thing, you have to have a balanced budget. That's a state law. Cutting red tape. It seems like every administration says, we're going to cut red tape. Uh 
They just add more layers to it, I think. I, I think you're exactly right. <laughs> Better, more affordable education. Okay. Lowering costs. Hmm. The budget puts money back into people's pocket. $37.5 million to create the Caring for Michigan Family Tax Credit. Saving families who care for an aging or sick relatives up to $5,000 a year on their taxes. Mm-hmm. Okay. $25 million for the My Vehicle Rebate. Lowers the cost of buying a new vehicle by offering a $1,000 rebate. Increased to $2,000 for electric and plug-in hybrid vehicles. An extra 500 bucks is included for a total of $2,500 off the point of sale for union-assembled vehicles. What if you buy a vehicle that was not union-assembled? Those rebates are not available. <laughs> and did, wasn't rebates more of a, and we both remember when they first started, was a way of trying to just get people to buy vehicles because they weren't buying them. Mm-hmm. We were in inflation. We were in, I wouldn't say recession, but, uh, you know, tough economic times. Right. Hmm. Oh, I shake my head. Uh, then finally, <laughs> half a million dollars to continue the federal EBT summer food benefit program. It's to bring $108 million in federal funds to ensure children have access to nutritional food through the summer months, saving families $120 per child. The reason why I brought that up, okay, trying to l- put money back in people's pockets. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Then you mentioned the tipping fees. There goes that money that right. was in the pocket. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I can. And we reduced the income tax this last year. So the income tax went down based on activity that had happened before. Um, and now with this new budget, that is going to go away. So we're going to raise your the personal income tax as well. And it's not going back down. And it won't be going back down. No. 616-395-1450-616-395-1450. All right. Uh, you mentioned this, I believe, in your last visit here in terms of dealing with speed limits and st- speed limit zones. Yeah. Um, and I brought up the, you know, um, the fact that where I live or close to where I live, well aware of the situation on Rosewood where... You know, uh, when it, it's now, it's basically now a subdivision street, mm-hmm. but you can go 45 miles, 40 miles an hour for about the first half mile, three quarters of a mile. Then all of a sudden down to 25 yowzers. Yeah. Now it's going to be, it's going to be all changed. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yes. So in, for Rosewood specifically in the Jenison area, that, uh, that road, um, dead ends into uh, into 36, um, 36 Avenue. And it's now become a through street, really. It really has become kind of a through street. Um, but because it dead ends, and it was built as a subdivision street, it really, that's the, the parameters it was built under, um, because at that time they subdivided, or it was a subdivision and platted the whole thing as, and made it that way. Um the state police have gone in and changed it and said, no, 40, when 40 ends, it actually goes to 55. That's the speed limit when, when, it, when it says that it ends. So we're in the process of trying to figure out ways to be able to help uh, slow traffic, calm that, make sure that it, it uh, is better than it, it is right at the moment. I'm shaking my head. I'm shaking my head because that is, 
akin to some of the side streets around these parts, and it's not marked for higher speeds. Right. Normally, a you know a, a higher speed roadway, you have a the yellow the yellow stripe, yep, and you really don't allow parking on either side of the street. Mm-hmm. Let's get to a call. Good morning. You're on talk at the town with Brad Slaw. Yeah, I wonder what happened to Whitmer's promise to fix the you-know-what road. <laughs> Good question. Uh, besides uh, 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 getting, uh, you know, uh, not loan, not loan money, but uh, you know, bonded money. Yeah, you know, yeah, basically bonded out. <laughs> yeah. So the the governor uh, did take out um, bonds for about. Um, I think it was $2.4 billion at this point, or $2.3 billion, um, has told us that she intends to take out the rest of that bond. So we're going to be making monthly, weekly, yearly payments, whatever, on these bonds for the next uh, 10 or 15 years, 20 maybe. Um, and so she has, I mean, the the barrels went out. Some road work has, has definitely been happening, um, but... It seems like most of the road work that's being done with those kind of dollars is being done on the east side of the state, um, and it's, uh, lots of that money is going into new lane, um, so expanding from two to three lanes or whatever, uh, rather than going into what we would consider the important thing of just fixing the road so that there aren't so many holes in them. There's only one road. No, anyway, go ahead, sir. Well, we got to get rid of this witch in the, in the office. <laughs> Pardon the language. All right. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Let me get to another call before we get to a break. Good morning. You're on the line with State Representative Brad Slaw. You know, I don't find it funny how you are always laughing about Whitmer. It's not very funny, the laughing that you do. Well, thank you very much for that editorial comment. 616-395-1450. It's not, I just shake my head. I'm sorry. I shake my head on this. And... We are all entitled to our opinions. That's what we are here to do. And if I didn't express an opinion, it'd be kind of a dull show. I'm sorry. <laughs> but anyway, you touched upon your speed limit, limit law a little bit earlier, Brad, but you also have another law on the books, House Bill 4682, dealing with trespassing. Yeah, so we've we had a... Uh, one of my constituents call and say, hey, we got a problem. People are coming onto my property, and I'm not able to keep them off because even though I've got signs up, it is saying that uh, the DNR conservation officers have been out and said we can't do anything about it because they consider an entry point, any place that there's two trees that you or any place that there's that you can walk straight into a piece of property. So from one property into another, from a roadway into the property, if you can walk straight in, on the, at the boundary, then it is free for you to go there unless it's posted at every one of those points. So if you've got trees that are that allow you to a gap, you have to post every single gap with a no trespassing sign. Uh, on a 40-acre property, uh, that would be hundreds potentially of signs. Um, so we've got a bill in that says we should be able to um, – market at 250 feet, assuming that people can see and that they can see more than a few feet away from their themselves. Um, and that should be enough to be able to tell people that you don't, you can't be on the property. 
Um, it actually passed out of transportation, or I'm sorry, out of natural resources and the house this week. So it it's uh, going to the house floor in the next few weeks. So looking forward to that. It would be, to a certain extent, really important for our hunting friends. That is correct. More than anything else. Because after all, you know, you want to be you know, want to enjoy your property while having to worry about somebody shooting at you. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. Or somebody else being on your property shooting the the animals that are on your property, right? So they shouldn't be able to just walk onto your property and shoot things on your property. Without you allowing yeah, them to do exactly. Six one six three nine five one four five zero. Talk about house bills fifty three hundred to fifty three oh three. Yeah. Um, so interesting, maybe a statement of the, of, uh, where we are as a culture right at the moment. Um, house bills, 5300, 5301, 5302, 5303, um, are all bills related to having, uh, an X designation on your driver's license. So instead of being a male or a female, it's an X, which would, I guess, detail all other things if there are if there are other things um that you could be um and that also passed out of the judiciary committee in this last week so those all those bills went through judiciary and uh, in the house and passed they will now move to the potentially move to the house floor at some point in time um and we'll see what transpires related to that um obviously that's a concern for me i just i, I believe that we're created male and female um, and, uh, so there's, there's some real concerns about how that's all going to play out in the future. It's almost as if it's catering to a certain aspect of the community at the expense of anybody else's wishes and intentions. Yeah. I think that's a possibility. Yeah. Um, you know, we have to respect your opinion. You don't have to respect ours. Mm. Anyway. Six one six three nine five one four five zero. I'll bring this topic right back up again because right now the house is still dead even. Yeah, we still do not have the two vacancies filled right now. I think you mentioned it, if not some of your colleagues have mentioned it. The fact that uh, even though there is no quote unquote majority right now, things will still get done. Is that the case, or is it just everybody basically tapping, you know, twiddling their thumbs waiting for April when the elections are finally held? Yeah, so I think there is a, a good chance for us right now to work on budgets. So there's committee meetings that can be held. Um, there are committee meetings that could be held on policy stuff as well. Um, things that are that are not so partisan that that. Uh, you wouldn't be able to get people from both sides to vote for it. Um, there were there have been several bills over the last couple of weeks that have passed through the House. At, you know, 75, 85, 95 votes uh, per bill. Obviously, that's more than just one side. Um, and so that's what we should be working on. We should be working on things that we believe can can be um, done, can be moved forward, um, and we need to work at behind the um, not it's not behind closed doors, but be out of the out of the Capitol and into conference rooms where we're working on what does the budget look like for the corrections department, for uh, pure Michigan, for all these other things that we have. We need to be working on those kind of budgets right now. 
If you need to get a hold of Representative Bradley Slaw's office, District 85, the phone number is 517-373-0841. And online, go to gophouse.org. That is gophouse.org. And uh, the uh, pull-down uh, menu can be able to get you to Representative Bradley Slaw's page. Page. Mm-hmm. Brad, as always, thank you very much and look forward to chatting with you next month. Gary, thanks for having me in. Thank you very much, Brad Slaw, 99.7 and 1450 WHTC. Mm-hmm.